0: The question of friendship needs to be the uppermost question. Am I a good friend? Do I have good friends?
1: Really, friendship is the most important aspect of any relationship. This
0: isn't just about, you know, you want to go through life and you want to have somebody to share it with, or you want to have friends to have fun with, and so on and so forth. All those might be important, but on a deep soul-spiritual level, this is the most important purpose for which our soul came into this world.
1: People have many different understandings of what a friend is. A lot of it is based on need and not necessarily this real act of sharing, this give and this take, and really whatever it is you're looking for, you first have to make sure you're offering it.
0: And I think often the best friendships, the most powerful friendships, are based on a desire for growth.
1: Welcome to the Spiritually Hungry Podcast, Episode 10. We are discussing a topic I find quite interesting. It's universal in humanity and has the ability to teach us something profound about life and ourselves, if we're open to it. Whether a friend arrives for a reason, a season or develops with us over a lifetime, they can serve as a mirror for our essence. So we are going to speak about friendship today. Friends can be our historians, our secret keepers and our partners in life's journey and our anchors during turbulent times. So my view of friendship has changed a lot throughout the years. As a child, I remember the first thing that excited me about having a friend or discovering a new one was that we shared a curiosity and laughter. It was the first time I ever felt autonomous because before that I was my mother's daughter and that was my closest relationship. And I remember when I started developing friendships, I realized I had a power that I could influence others. And that was very comforting and felt very strong for me.
0: Interesting. was something as a child, I don't think I put any thought to friendship. Well, I think,
1: did you have a lot of friends growing up? I had a few. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) What I liked was that I could have an exchange with somebody and it was unique to me and I could create connection. And I found that to be a constant theme in my life, which we'll go into a little bit later. But for me, friendship really in a nutshell is about connection and creating connection with others. Then in my teen years, a friend was someone who would stand by my side, whether I was met up against a bully or a teacher that maybe embarrassed me. Thank you, Mr. Palzer, fifth grade. And in high school, and high school friends were those that I felt were most like me. We had a zest for life, we were spontaneous, we were definitely mischievous. I
0: have heard some stories.
1: Would you want me to tell you one now? (laughs) Sure. I remember of the many things we did, I am not going to go into lots of them, but there was a period of time where I smoked cigarettes and we used to go into my bathroom and um, we would blow out the window, all of the smoke. And of course it would come back into my room and it would go down the hallway. My parents would smell it. And then we would spray the perfume with, the bathroom with Eternity perfume was by Calvin Klein. And to this day we sprayed so much of it that if I smell it, if I walk by somebody that has it on, I'll start gagging. But it's those kinds of silly, ridiculous things that you do that are also fun and in this case um, could be deadly, but you feel like you belong somewhere, you are part of something. And now in my adulthood, I can say a friend is all of these things and more. I love this quote by Anyas Nin. She says, each friend represents a world in us, a world possibly not born until they arrive. And what I have realized in my adulthood, more than anything that I have described, to find a good friend, you actually need to be a good friend.
0: Very true, beautiful. There is so much of what you said, it really should be unpacked. And um, before we get to the question, I just want to share, Uh, Really the importance of this topic. You know, I think, you know, even in our conversations around, you know, and we're so thankful to be receiving so many really beautiful questions from so many of our listeners. But relationships, everybody knows, right? It's a top of mind for everybody. And um, anger, uh, sadness, happiness, all these topics are really top of mind, I think, for many people. Friendship is one that doesn't seem to often get as much attention as so many other topics and it's actually an interesting historical reality that you know probably the first thinker who wrote at length about friendship is Aristotle and he literally has books filled with it he certainly placed it at a very high level of importance if not the pinnacle of the purpose of human existence and then there were others Cicero who wrote about it but then in the past you know few thousand years has been really a dearth of, of, of writing and focus on friendship, even though it's something that we all have, and we all, to some degree or another, see as important. But spiritually, and I think this is what lends such an importance to this conversation and to this podcast, it really is the ultimate purpose of our being. There's a phrase that is often repeated uh, in the Bible. It says, love your neighbor or your friend your acquaintance, that word re'achah, which is the original Hebrew is translated in many different ways, but love your friend as yourself. And that's really the first, really, awakening of the importance of friendship, but lost in hundreds of thousands of other verses, one could conclude, okay, it's one of the more one of the important things among so many others.
1: I also think that we have all heard that one, right? Even if you're not well-versed in the Bible, everybody's heard that one, right? Right. And I think people understand it to mean different things.
0: For sure, for sure. But then one of the greatest sages, um, upon whom so much of Kabbalistic wisdom is based, Urbi Akiva said, this is the most important teaching. And everything else, everything else is just a way to achieve that. And if you really, and again, I, I know that I've shared this idea many times, but if you re- really give that statement a moment and you realize that as you're assessing yourself, and it's important, if we are spiritual beings, to be thinking about ourselves where am I, who am I, how am I growing, how am I not, the question of friendship needs to be the uppermost question Am I a good friend? Do I have good friends? And I know we'll speak more about what that means but let's begin this conversation with the importance of it this isn't just about you know you want to go through life and you want to have somebody to share it with or you want to have friends to have fun with and so on and so forth all those might be important but on a deep soul spiritual level this is the most important purpose for which our soul came into this world
1: let me ask you a question do you feel personally that your appreciation for what a friend is and the place that it has in your life has changed through the years. Absolutely, and also, Absolutely. did you did you value it more earlier in life or later in life? I and, do know the answer to that. Right? Ideas, I'm just do. doing this for But, but of what's you.
0: interesting is, and this is really kind of the, the 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 paradox of what I said up until now, which is that I knew the phrases that I shared: love your neighbors, yourself. This is the most important purpose of being, and the most important purpose of all of our spiritual work. But the truth be told, from the age of, you know, if I can remember myself, zero until basically till I really got to know Monica.
1: <clears throat>
0: and then beyond, uh, friendship was certainly not something that I gave much value to. Certainly not. And even as I entered into our relationship, I'm not sure that I valued it at the top as the number one but certainly as i've continued to develop hopefully and go through life and you face challenges that you don't face when you're four years old usually or 10 years old i have completely shifted and i thankfully i think to the right place of holding the importance of friendship
1: what's so interesting is as you're speaking i'm thinking about wedding vows right of course, it's to love and to hold and sickness health till death do us part, et cetera, and so forth. We didn't, <laughs> you say we didn't, it like it's not important. Well, we didn't utter it exactly <laughs> like that. So that's, that's why I'm saying it like that. Of course, it's important. But I don't think a lot of people do that anyway in a marriage. But we're not going to talk so much about relationships in that way today. But friendship doesn't really come up in that. But in order to, to be able to offer all the things that you say in your wedding vows, you need to be a friend, first and foremost. Absolutely. I mean, it is the beginning of every great love story, every great ram- romance, but nobody ever says it like that. Absolutely. So I think that when you were talking about when we first got married, you, we went around along with what it, what we understood it meant to be a husband or a wife, not even necessarily a great one, a good one, right? We loved each other, but friendship wasn't, it was kind of assumed.
0: Right. Assumed or not given enough importance. and therefore Definitely not, not
1: enough importance, and not enough emphasis was pla- placed on that.
0: Right, and it's funny, as, as we're talking, and there is, I know, a lot that we both want to share about this topic, but I would even, again, like I sometimes do, I would stop all of our listeners, and bef- regardless of anything else we say, if there's only one thing you can take from the next conversation, my hope is, and I know Monica's hope, is that we actually change the importance of friendship in your esteem. And then that means you, you will invest in different ways. Hopefully, you'll learn some other lessons from what we share. But it's the most important thing in life. It's the most important thing in life. And I'll do a quick plug here before I share one other thought. There's two books that, that I found really beautiful. Uh, one a little bit more, more academic, one more heartfelt. There's uh, one book on friendship by Alexander Nehamas. He's a Greek-American philosopher. So that one's more academic but really beautiful. And there's a book by Andrew Sullivan, uh, where one of the chapters really dedicated to friendship, really beautiful, more heartfelt uh, than intellectual, although intellectual as well. And the reason I I share that is because I really hope that all of our listeners, um, after hearing this podcast, or even just the first few minutes of it, begin shifting the importance of friendship in our lives. And like you said, although we're not talking about only uh, friendship that leads or that is really the the center, should be the center of romantic relationships, of soulmate relationships, what becomes very clear, and certainly became very clear to me, I have to say honestly, a few years into our marriage, um, that that without friendship, I'm not sure what love is. And you really can't get, I don't believe you can get, to love without a strong foundation of friendship. So,
1: Well, fr- friendship is the fuel for
0: love. Right. And it's 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 the realer part of love. It is. Because honestly for most people love is more lust and there's a lot of philosophy around this but you know you fall in love with somebody what does that mean for most people? You see somebody who you think is beautiful or good looking, right? And after 3 seconds you're in love.
1: It appeals to your five senses. Right.
0: But friendship takes time. So friendship is more real. Whether or not and I have been blessed uh, to have other friends besides Monica but even if for the purpose of really having an amazing relationship with your spouse, the focus on friendship, the understanding of it, what is a true friend, what does it take to be a good friend, um, is again, the most probably the most important endeavor that we, we take in our lives. And again, I think most of us don't spend enough time and effort thinking about friendship thinking about what it means to have a good friend, probably more importantly, thinking about what it means. How do I need to change? How do I need to develop to become a better and better friend? And and the final thought around, I would say, the spiritual understanding of friendship. Many of you know that um, 2,000 years ago, there was really a great spiritual awakening in what is now the land of Israel. At the time, um, a a land ruled by the Romans. And there was a small group of mystics led by Rabbi Shimon Baruchai, and he traveled with his small group of nine students throughout the Galilee, and they would study. But different, and I'm not sure if there is a, another historical uh, equivalent of this that precedes Rabbi Shimon Baruchai, but he called, he, made, he stressed the fact that we are going to be called Friends. And there's actually an interesting moment, actually in the New Testament as well, where Jesus tells his students, we are no longer teacher and student, but rather we are friends. Rabbi Shimon Merchai tells his students, our relationship, even though I'm the teacher, you're the student, is a bond of friendship. Um, And he says, everything that we do from now on must be based on love. And for me, what that means, and the Aramaic words, again, which probably don't mean very much to most of our listeners, but I love these words and I think about them often. He says, "Anan which means from now on, we are the friends and our relationship is based on love. Because he knew, and I think this is the message we all want to receive and really endeavor to grow, that anything important that's going to be done, any important Wisdom is going to be brought to this world as Rabbi Shimon revealed the Zora 2,000 years ago with his friends, with his students, has to be based on friendship. Certainly, any powerful relationship must be based on friendship. And that's why I'm so excited to be able to have this conversation and share with our listeners some ideas around friendship. We'll answer some questions around friendship. But again, if the only thing you get out of this conversation is Wow, I didn't understand how important friendship is for everything in my life. It's not just this thing that I, you know, I have a friend, we enjoy drinks together, or, you know, I have a few friends and we enjoy other things together. It is the purpose for which our soul came into this world, and it is the foundation upon which anything important will be done, and anything important will come into fruition.
1: I'm so happy we're going to unpack it, because even as you were speaking, I think that People have many different understandings of what a friend is. A lot of it is based on need and not necessarily this real act of sharing, this give and this take, and really whatever it is you're looking for, you first have to make sure you're offering it. Um, Absolutely, but I, yeah, no, sure, sure. I remember you know, as I went through the stages of my life, but I did have a best friend for 20 years, and, and looking back on that friendship, we're no longer best friends. You know, it wasn't such a balanced relationship. You know, it was a lot of expectation, and we knew what we did every day and who we went out with. There was a lot of gossip. And yes, there was an affinity, and we were close, and we had so much in common. But in the realest ways, I think that's why the friendship unraveled. It didn't reveal itself in this way. And even as a teacher, you know, it's a fine line. I often thought that being a good teacher, right, was more important than actually being a friend. And if you are a teacher, can you be a friend? Is that crossing a line in some way? But I've understood now, especially in the last couple of years, that really friendship is the most important aspect of any relationship and not just in romantic ones, as we just said, but even in teacher, student, mother, daughter, everywhere. And I think there's an ego aspect to friends, right? Are we equal? You know, do you call me as much as I call you? It becomes something really different, especially I, I see in women and how their interactions are, but we're, gonna, we're right. going and to right. And I that.
0: think it's also important to talk about the unraveling of friendships, why they occur. Sometimes it's okay, and sometimes you know it's a failure on either both or one of, one of the friends. Before we get to the question, I, I, you know, when I think about friendship, I think one of the places to start, you know, what's a real, a true friend? So Aristotle wrote that there's really the three foundational acts of friendship. He calls them, and again all three probably should be impacted as well but i think it's a good place to at least in our own consciousness as we think about our current friends and even friends that we, we want to friendships we want to develop and he says first is to to want only good for your friend and to want nothing bad to happen one of the chapters in the book on friendship talks about a couple who's planning their wedding and they're writing down the list of friends they're going to invite, and they start talking about the types of friends that they have. So they have friends that they hate, friends that they don't like, right? We, we, all, we all group right. in, the, in, the, in, the, in the term of friendship. Unfortunately, I'm sure that there are friends who call themselves friends and are not benevolent towards each other. They do not want good to happen. As a matter of fact, they get so excited, unfortunately, when some hardship befalls this person they call their friend. So benevolence, Aristotle says, that a true desire for my friend to have only good happen in their lives. That's very rare. Nothing negative. It really happen. is. Yeah. Let's think about that. That's it, why
1: we often say if you have, you know, one or two people that you can call a real friend, you're lucky.
0: Yeah, my father would often repeat that 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 if in life you're married to have one true friend. And that's where I want to focus our conversation, a true friend, then you're blessed. So benevolence, right? So that's the first, that wanting true goodness for our friends wanting uh, nothing negative to happen to them. Concordance, which means there has to be some ways that we're alike. You know, and I think often the best friendships, the most powerful friendships, are based on a desire for growth. That both friends are focusing their lives to some degree or another. It doesn't have to be equal. But there is a, a concordance of their desire to focus on growth. And by the way, growth can be they want to become... Smarter, right? I, I focus on the spiritual
1: bodybuilders, or um, because this can be—that's what I was going to say. It can be in a negative way too. If you're looking at some ways where you're alike, well, if you're looking at the parts of you that are maybe just selfish, or right, or and you find somebody who's even more selfish, it's going to bring you down. In some and that's way.
0: why, by the way, Aristotle talks about virtue. That that the, the concordance has to be based on something good. Okay. Has to be based on something good. So there has to be something alike. And I think, and I know, certainly in the relationships that you and I foster in friends. It's almost always based on the fact that we have in common the desire to grow spiritually, to grow as to as, evolve, as, yes. as, to evolve as, as people. And the third is is uh, the desire to share with your friend that and not just the desire the actual action of beneficence as Aristotle calls it to give good to your friend and your friend reciprocates back to you so those if we think about friendship in the, in that framework right so it has to be you know benevolent or the relationship has to be the desire from one to the other of only goodness and nothing negative happening concordance a, a virtuous foundation so so the desire for both of them let's say to grow to change as we said, and then beneficence—the desire and the action of actually sharing with each other. So, because, I love this. I yeah. wish
1: this was a class in elementary school because normally it's like it you know, be, right? really right it, because children don't know like oh somebody was nice to me they're my friend and then they look for <laughs> friends, that in other people friends on
0: Facebook right I mean, right I, exactly. I would say I would I would venture to guess that ninety nine point nine percent of friends on Facebook do not fit the criteria of, of a friendship of a true Aristotle, friendship right yeah. So do we want to so get to get one to of the, the questions? Fir- yes,
1: let's get to the first question. So what is a true friend? I think many of us use the word friend so lightly, whether it's a person you've known forever or an acquaintance or somebody you've met one time. Even someone who is negative, we may even call them a friend just because we were friends in high school. So what is a friend?
0: Yeah, very good. Actually, we should have read this question a few minutes ago before we went into it. But I think I think it's important to realize... That what we're talking about when we say friendship, although there are different types of relationships that we have that we call friends, the only f- true friendship is one that is, again, as we said before, falling within the three um, acts of friendship that Aristotle laid forth, which is the, the the desire for good, the the some virtuous similarity of purpose, and and the sharing with each other.
1: I also think just you know it's you should see how this person makes you feel about yourself even, right? So there's there's three things that I think are really important. One is to be able to open up to the person. By doing that, you, first of all, you're vulnerable to somebody else and you're showing them your authentic side. So you also get to know yourself in the process. In my greatest friendships, I have discovered things about myself that I did not even know existed.
0: That is a very important point. I do not mean to cut you off, but I will just say, as I was thinking about this... Oh, t- but you just, <laughs> I just did. I am sorry. <laughs> okay, I apologize. Um, and the phrase that came to mind is, is, the level of friendship is how many layers can you take off in front of that friend? Yes.
1: And really allow yourself to be seen. The good, the bad, the ugly, the and beautiful... And that takes effort, but also the person has to be. Again, they have to meet you in that space, right? You don't. You shouldn't open yourself up just to anybody in that way,
0: right? I, I continue with thought because I have so many thoughts no, about. It. No, but I think I think that that is so important because again, all of our listeners think about the people you call friends. How many of them are you actually comfortable? Is it safe for you? Forget about being comfortable, right? Because it's not about you know going ahead telling everybody all your deep. Deepest thoughts and secrets, because there's 99.9% of your Facebook friends, you should not be telling them any of that because they're not true friends. That acceptance, you know, we we speak about this often because in our in our lives, we've had the opportunity to have quite a few many, many friends in the general sense of it, and a few very, very close friends. And we've also had the opportunity to be hurt by friends. And as we go through life, and I think it's so important that we do put ourselves out there for the cause of friendship. You are going to be hurt. Now, hopefully, as you get better at choosing the right friends and, and cultivating the right friendships, that will happen less and less. But but I know, and Monica and I have often spoken about this personally, that you know, to have the courage to enter into new friendships and to become vulnerable in new friendships after having been hurt by prior friends takes courage uh, and the, the ability to, be, to become vulnerable. And it's, and I, and I think one of the most important thoughts around friendship should be, it needs to be somebody that really supports me. And what does that mean? That, that means that they'll see my negative sides. We all have things that we've done wrong, that we will do wrong. The friend who doesn't judge, the, the friend who you really feel supports you no matter what, although that's a phrase that, you know, what does no matter what really mean? But that is really... When you have somebody in your life, and I know, you know, n- not to uh, speak too much about our relationship, but I think probably the most powerful driver of our relationship, which we have to continue to cultivate forever, is the fact that we we are very open, vulnerable. We we will show each other our our um,
1: all of our sides.
0: All of our sides.
1: Yeah. I think that. Um, I,
0: I Sorry, just, I, just, I just it's just so <laughs> important. I I just think because. You know, friendship is something that that, you know, it's just a word that is so overused.
1: It, that's the problem. And at
0: this point, like really ask yourself this question. You need to have at least one person in your life that you feel comfortable. In. They they might not be there yet, but 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 think about that. Who you can really open yourself up completely to and they and they won't judge you. They they will they will they will accept you. But what do to say?
1: But again, to find a friend like that, you need to be that friend, right? right? And many people aren't
0: capable of that that's the reality unfortunately i think many people are not able to accept and not judge
1: but i also feel like it's an awareness i feel like if people really understood that this is what friendship really looks like then they would probably step up and say okay i'm not going to do this anymore because i know i'm going to be damaging this relationship and i really like this person i really want to develop Further with them, right? I I don't think, I think it's more just not knowing, and that's why they don't do better. Right. Not always, but I think. Yeah, I would say
0: not knowing, and also, as we spoke earlier, not understanding that for real happiness in life, you have to have a friend.
1: Because this kind of friendship is what creates intimacy, and not just romantic sense, it's really what allows you, you know. And that's the best part of friendships, right? When you feel like you, it's like going home. It's a part of yourself that you couldn't find alone, right? But when you're talking about people that have come into our lives, I mean, this is the why my definition and understanding of friendship has changed so much throughout my life. Because early on, I really did have an expectation that your friend would always remember your birthday. And they would um, tell you all of their secrets. It was a lot of things that I had expected. What I've come now to understand, the only thing I think I really do expect is for people to be consistent, right? To, to show up and to be loyal. And I think that that's a fair yeah, ask. That's an
0: important word.
1: I think that's a really fair ask. And when we look at some of the friendships that we've had that are no longer part of our lives, I think a lot of it too is that you and I are in a, in a unique way in that we sometimes become friends with people we are also teachers to, right? So we know really intimate parts of their lives. They show us all of their sides. We accept them, we help them. And then sometimes when people don't find value in, in what you're offering, it's not really about us, they don't know where to put us anymore. So was the friendship really unconditional? And Was
0: it real? Was that a real friendship?
1: I think it had a potential to be a friend.
0: I would say, again, in the general term, that's a friendship. Friendship means, means again, I received, something fr- I received something from you, and therefore I value our relationship. But, but real friendship needs to be reciprocal. Yes. Which means that I really, and this is another important thing that I realize, and again, I accept it. How many people really want to hear how you're doing? I know, again, in so well, many of often, our... A lot of people
1: <laughs> ask me the question, they don't yeah, wait yeah, for the I'm answer. Saying, but even those who
0: ask, right? But think about, again, I, th- and I ask all of our listeners to think about this. About yourself, right? Forget about your friends, but how are you as a friend? Which means I often know, if I was going to say get the sense, but it's very clear to me often that, that in this relationship, the the person uh, really wants me to hear what they have to say, wants me to help them in any way that I can, wants me to give advice if I can, wants me to share wisdom if I can, but they don't really care uh, how my day went. So, they, so I, won't bo- I won't bore them with, with, an, with an explanation of how my day went. But when we talk about true friendship, true friendship is one where both parts in the relationship, in that friendship, really care about. It. They really have, you know, a benevolent spirit towards each other. And which what is I want say, to say—it's
1: so rare that I—I I want everybody who's listening to really think about that. It's a—it's a small, small box, and that's how it's meant to be. because It's very difficult to find that. So it's not, I think in life we think like, oh, I'm really likable if I have a lot of friends, right? And we understand by having a lot of friends, you're a good person. That is a complete lie. That's not what a friend is at all. That's not what a real friendship is. So I really want people to rethink this whole idea. The second part of what I think to be a good friend is, is to be able to listen to others fully and completely, because this creates an emotional feedback loop. By me listening to you, right? And this happened earlier in our marriage and really wanting to hear what you had to say, waiting to hear the answer, I would watch you. I would see how your face would change when you were upset. I would see what you would look like when you were curious about something. I was really interested in what you were offering and I paid attention to it. And so now I can walk in a room and just by looking at you in a split second, know what you're thinking. And I think you can say the same about me. So if people don't... That's usually a good thing. If people don't go about... (laughs) Friendships this way to really want to hear what the other person has to say to really listen fully and completely they're not going to get that emotional feedback loop and the relationship is never going to go deeper than a certain point
0: absolutely I, I do want to touch upon the the, the idea you said before we gloss over it relatively quickly the idea of loyalty and I, I group these two things together loyalty
1: he <laughs> <laughs> just read my face. Uh, uh. <laughs> of
0: loyalty and 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 non judgment, and with your permission, I'd like to. <laughs> I feel like I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, let, me let, you, let me let you finish.
1: No, I'll get to my third okay. point after. Get <laughs> no, this, no, please get to your point third point. Two, All two two of our point listeners, point one, two and a half. <laughs> no, go ahead.
0: <laughs> that makes I'm going back to point number one. So maybe it's not the time. So there's a statement in the Talmud that says the following and three statements said together, which seem to imply a relationship between the three. It says, make for yourself a teacher, buy or acquire for yourself a friend, number two, see, two. (laughs) Three, and judge every person favorably. So three would would seem to be unrelated teachings, but they, they are grouped in one sentence and seem to imply a relationship. Make for yourself a teacher, acquire for yourself a friend, and judge every person favorably. And the understanding of that is that when you, are, when you have a true friendship, then you have a teacher. What does that mean? If you're able to be vulnerable in front of somebody who has the same general uh, thoughts about life, what's important, what's not important, where you should be growing, what you should be letting go of, then you have a teacher. Friendship and being a teacher is actually one and the same like you mentioned before. Acquire for yourself a friend, obviously, is everything we've spoken until now. But the third part, which is so important, and judge every person favorably. Mm. And I have found in our own relationships, and I have found in others people's relationships that have been shared with us, that that is the Achilles heel of friendship. Yeah. Judgment. If you are not able to, to judge a person favorably, which means, it doesn't mean you're blind, but that you accept but really accept, then friendship is gonna go off the rails at some point. Because this is gonna be something that he or she does that either bothers you enough or upsets you enough that you'll just take the whole friendship and throw it away. And unless you're really working on that, becoming a less and less judgmental person, I don't think there's any hope of any friendship or any relationship for that matter, really, really working.
1: Well, that's what's so interesting, and as I said a little earlier, I think this happens a lot more with women, unfortunately. And sisterhood is really important to me, because I have been on the receiving end of a lot of judgment. I do have to say, though, when people are judging others, the person they judge the most is themselves. So while we talk about, okay, you shouldn't judge, you really have to start to begin with yourself. And of I course. think that that's why, with women especially, when we look and see another woman being powerful or successful or even happy, and then you might feel lack in your own life, then instead of feeling that pain about how you feel about yourself, it's easy then to project it onto somebody else. And that 20-year friendship that I had, that I spoke about at the beginning, that really was the demise of the friendship because 20 years in, one day, really just one day, and you remember this, I was devastated. I I felt like, like she had died because it was such a sudden loss. She came to me and she said, I don't want to be your friend anymore. And I thought she was joking at first. I mean, really like a sister to me. You know, we, we ran together, we did marathons together, we were pregnant at the same time. And I thought we had those three things that Aristotle said. And I think at times we probably did. Right.
0: but I was, I was gonna say, I don't know if you were gonna to get to this, but why did she say that? what's so, because anything you did
1: okay i'm gonna get there okay, mr okay, berg <laughs> so as i was saying with my story um and and she said to me these horrible things that you know horrible like when i walk in a room i'm like this and like that i mean things that i remember thinking at the time you tell this to somebody Or think it maybe you don't even say it out loud like when you're deciding if you want to be their friend right maybe a week into the friendship or a month or maybe even a year right like oh i didn't think this person was exactly as i thought but 20 years and in those 20 years by the way i was working really hard to be a better person so i was really confused by what she meant And i remember coming to you hysterically because you are my best friend, and I said, you know, if— Still, even after the two interruptions today? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, you're, just like, you're now a little bit lower on the list now. Um, but, you, but I said to you, is this true, right? If I don't see it, but maybe I'm blind to my faults. Please, tell. I'm begging you, if you see this also, I'll work really hard to change this part of myself. Because I was devastated, I just couldn't understand it. and you said, Monica, I promise you, this isn't the case, I'm like, you love me because I'm your wife, and you're like, no, I promise you, that's just not true. And then she wouldn't speak to me. And I begged her, I'm like, where is this coming from? Nothing, radio silence. She wouldn't speak to me for a month. Well, it wouldn't take my calls for a month. And then because we were out of the country and then I came back, she lived across the street. And then for three months, again, she didn't speak to me. And I remember the ending of that conversation that we had, I said, one day you're gonna regret this. You're gonna wake up, I don't know what is going on, but you will regret this and it's going to be too late because you've severed something that we can never get back again. And it was so painful for me. I'd never felt that kind of loss. And I felt horrible about myself. I really didn't understand. And at the end of it, I remember I woke up every morning for months and I would ask the universe, I'd ask the creator, why did this happen? Nothing happens for nothing. I want to know the reason. Why did this happen? And I understood spiritually months and months later for my purpose, just for me, not for her and why she did it, but for my movie, it was that all the time I spent gossiping with her and, um, talking to her and thinking about her and just, we were so consumed with one another. That was a lot of hours. And when the friendship ended, I started to really study more. I started to teach. I started to write books. And I realized that all that energy I was putting into a friendship that didn't have those three aspects, those were really taking away from me as a person. And I was not my best self all the time when I was with her. We had a great time, we had the best time, but I was not my best self. I think in some way it was hindering my growth. And later she came to me wanting to be friends again, and, and then she was crushed, and she said she did not know what came over her, maybe it was a midlife crisis, and it did not really matter at that well, point. I,
0: I think there was probably a friend or two that were... That had influenced negatively. her
1: negatively yeah, the, against me, is what I understood She, she from certainly
0: her. was not judging you, uh, uh,
1: but it's what Positively. But she was judging me for sure, yeah. and, and she was open to other people's judgment at that time, right. and that created the opening and ended the friendship. So what I've come to understand now, though, what a real friend, what a true friend is, is just, again, that consistency and wanting back to love your neighbor as yourself. It's wanting goodness for another human as much as you want for yourself on your very best day. Because some people are like, well, love another as I love myself. I don't really love myself, right? But that's ultimately where we want to get to, and and in that, of course, is loyalty, like you said, or like I said to begin with, and showing up. But there's this quote by Oprah I love. She says many people want to drive with you when you're in a limo, but you know you want a friend that's going to take the bus with you when your limo breaks down, right? It's just that, that complete, like just showing up,
0: right? Because and, and everything we said about friendship until now. Let's even assume because we know this story, and this person was just listening to other people's judgment and. But let's even assume that as a friend, you see something really wrong in, in your friend, and you have everything we spoke up until now, which is you have loyalty, and you really love them, and you really wish the best for them. You'll go to that friend and say, listen, I've noticed these things. How can I help you? Or you know, I really think you should be aware of them, because I know you want to grow, and so on and so forth. That's a real friend. But the, the, the Achilles heel of, of many relationships, even that have the potential to become true friendships, is not listening to that third part of the sage's dictum which is and judge the other person favorably. Yeah. And and it, this is so important and again it's something we need to work on because it's not human nature. Human nature is, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm with my friend, I have a friendship, I have a friendship, and then he or she does something I don't like, or I see something that they do that I, that I don't like, and then it starts eroding, 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 and then over time, there's just no friendship there. And by the way, forget about trying to fix it, it's just it's just gone. So I think it's so important, as we talk about friendship, it's also important to talk about what really kills friendship. And that's why the sages put juxtapose those two phrases right next to each other. Acquire a friend and judge every person favorably. If you are not Fighting against your own nature to judge a person negatively and allow those thoughts to just enter your mind over time you're actually killing the friendship.
1: It's interesting too because i I have a lot of people I do love, right and I, I do consider friends, but there's oftentimes I do feel judged by them and and I know where it's coming from, and it's really not so much about me as it is about them and how they feel about themselves or about life or situations but it's always still a little painful because i just turn the other cheek and say okay i'm going to love them anyway i'll still be a good I'll still be a good friend to them it's going to limit what kind of friendship we have and how deep we can go and if we can grow or not i'll still consider them a friend because i've really been able to say okay it's not i can see where it's coming from but i always just get a little bit of like mm, it's too bad you know it doesn't have to be that way because you can find a lot of amazing characteristics in people that you see that they would be worthy of being a great friend, and you can see where the friendship could go, but it is missing these key ingredients that we are speaking about.
0: And I I was thinking, one of the things I think that, again, not to speak highly of of ourselves, but I think we did make that commitment with our friends, and we have seen friends do really nasty things, and we have seen friends, we have experienced friends doing really negative things towards us. But I know that, that I take this understanding seriously, and I will always forgive a friend, even if they've hurt me, or even if they've done actions that I think are really not the positive actions, because that that's one of the most important foundations of friendship, judge your friend favorably. It doesn't mean you're blind, you see it, but you accept it, and, and I'd like to share- um, I just want to say, I yeah. think
1: I, I do the same, but they're no longer called friends then. I still love them, and they still hold a place in my history and in my heart.
0: Well, if they have hurt you.
1: Yes. If they have hurt it, and you. And not hurt, it damaged. damaged. The, some things are, you know, beyond repair. Yeah, for repair. sure.
0: For sure. For sure. So again, Andrew Sullivan writes about this, which I think is so important, because again, I believe this is a foundation of, tr- of true, lasting friendship, and certainly even as it relates to relationships, you know, soulmate relationships. So he differentiates between tolerance and acceptance. And I think often when we think about our friends and even sometimes when we think about our spouses, we tolerate certain things about them. We really, really don't like them, but we tolerate. That is.